Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Guess what, Mango? What's that, Will? So you know I'm a huge fan of ballpark food. Like whenever we get invited to go to, you know, big league baseball games or anything like that. I'm not the biggest fan of baseball, but I love going to these (laughs) games because I'll just eat corn dogs, nachos, Uh anything else. But... I decided to read up on the greatest ballpark foods out there because I got to know what I'm missing. And sure. It, it actually turns out, I'll admit, I did not know this, but that 2015 was a big year for snack-related inventions. Big year. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, why is that? Well, that's the year that the Arizona Diamondbacks debuted the Churro Dog, which ESPN describes as a churro inside a donut bun topped with frozen yogurt sundae. I mean, come on. It's just like a lot of stuff. I'd eat one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And while that was definitely the front runner for most of the year, the Milwaukee Brewers, Miller Park, they came up with an even more popular snack than that. And now I've got to hear this. What is it? You ready? This is kind of mind-blowing. Uh-huh. It's nachos on a stick. <laughs> and apparently it was all the rage in 2015. Now, all uh-huh. the rage in a way that somehow we didn't find out about, but it was all the rage, I guess, in Milwaukee. Sure. Supposedly, it was a stick of beef loaded with refried beans, rolled in Doritos, and then deep-fried and drizzled with sour cream and cheese. All on a stick. I have no idea how that works, but it does seem pretty genius. So it it does sound like kind of novel, I guess, but why were people so excited about it? Well, the vendors were excited about it because the whole idea was that you could, you know, be chowing down on the stick in one hand and yet still be able to wash it down with a beverage in the other. Because if you think about it, like that's my biggest frustration with going to these games is you always have to like put the drink down between your feet to then eat the nachos, which is a two-handed thing. Or you could master what I master of just getting the chip with your mouth, dipping it, and then kind of doing a flip <laughs> and letting it, you know, flip down into... I'll have to show you later, but... Yeah. Anyway, totally. it, it, it's 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 novel because you would never get any nacho cheese on yourself by doing this, and they saw it as this revolution and how you would eat nachos. 
But reading about all this made me think we should do a nine things all about nachos. You know, break down some of the ingredients, talk about how America got so obsessed with them. So let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hatikater. And on the other side of the soundproof glass, just rocking another one of his brilliant shirts. And this one says, <laughs> Buenos Nachos. That's our good friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. Now, Mango, this is a fun episode, you know, because we're, we're, we're both big fans of Cheese Dip. We have been for years, and uh-huh. I'm, I'm guessing we ate no less than four to five tons of it in college between the two of us. So uh, <laughs> anyway, with that in mind, it's up to you. Where, where do you think we should start? Well, uh, I think I'm going to save the cheese dip for a little later on. It's too good and, and start with something <laughs> a little more basic. Did you know that uh, chips and salsa is the official state snack of Texas? Not only did I not know that, but I guess I didn't know that states had official snacks. But at the same time, I guess it's not all that surprising. So tell me more. Yeah, I guess it isn't that surprising, but how it became the state snack is super fun. So in 2002, this group of second graders from the Leo Marcel Elementary School in Mission, Texas, decided that their state needed its own official snack. So Texas at the time already had a state dish, chili, a state fruit, grapefruit, and a state pie, pecan. So the kids decided to lobby for this official snack, but the competition was fiercer than you might imagine. So (laughs) the kids came up with all these nominees, including pickles, Doritos, flaming Hot Cheetos, and uh, <laughs> and in the end, I guess the victory went to the good old chips and salsa. Yeah, I think I can agree with that one. So, so how did they actually get this passed? I guess four kids actually testified before a house committee on on behalf of chips and salsa. And <laughs> while all the kids spoke with you know the sort of passion that chips and salsa demand, a little girl named Audrey made the most convincing argument, and this is what she said: "Quote." First, salsa contains two ingredients that are state symbols already. The jalapeno is the state pepper, and sweet onions are the state vegetable. Put them together with a few more ingredients and presto, perfect salsa. That just makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It's so cute. And uh, apparently she wasn't the only one who thought so, because Rick Perry actually signed the resolution into law not long after. Wow, that is pretty amazing. I I really like that one. All right, well, since we're doing nachos facts, I feel like we should start with the chips themselves because there's actually a great origin story there, and this goes back to the late 1940s, to El Zarape Tortilla Factory, and this is in Los Angeles, and it became one of the first to automate its production of these tortillas. So the company had installed this state-of-the-art tortilla-making machine, and pretty soon it was cranking these things out like 12 times faster than they could by hand. So the only problem with this is that, you know, many of the tortillas came out misshapen or kind of twisted up, and of course those ones couldn't be sold. So one night, the co-owner of the business, Rebecca Webb Carranza, she takes these reject tortillas, she just brings them home and has a family party, and so she decides to cut the tortillas into triangles, fry them up, and then serve them to her guests as what she called tort chips. And because her relatives <laughs> love the chips so much, Carranza started selling them for 10 cents a bag at this local Mexican deli and also right outside of the factory there. 
So you fast forward a decade to the 1960s, and Carranza's tort chips were available up and down the West Coast. And not only that, the chips were so popular, they became El Zarape's main business. Oh, that's pretty amazing. I, I didn't realize that, like, the chips had their own story. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like it's, like, one of those things you just assume exists forever, right? Like, um, so here's a fact that I might have heard before, but it's still surprising to me. Did you realize that chipotle and jalapeno peppers are the same plant? Which I don't is, think I knew that. Yeah, it's just super weird to me because they have, like, such distinct tastes and colors, but it's partially due to just when and how they're harvested. So... You know, jalapenos, like a bunch of other peppers, start out green, but then they turn red as they ripen. And there's a reason we don't often see red jalapenos in grocery stores. It's because in farming, you know, the longer you let something grow, the more time there is for things to go wrong along the way. So from this, like, financial standpoint, it's just less risky to pick the peppers when they're green. But the chipotles are just red jalapenos that have been smoke-dried. Hmm. All right, well, here's a quick one about pico de gallo, you know, the super simple mix that just has fresh diced tomatoes, onion, jalapenos, and usually cilantro, and it just tastes so good on tortilla chips. But anyway, <laughs> according to Epicurious, pico de gallo actually means rooster's beak in Spanish. What? Why? Why rooster's beak? Well, it actually turns out that the traditional way of eating pico de gallo was just to use your fingers, and in particular, your thumb and index fingers. Huh. So you do have to keep in mind that tortilla chips and the act of dipping them in salsa, that was really more of an American thing. And so this style of eating, when you have those two fingers, it reminded people so much of the way roosters peck at food with their beaks that <laughs> they just decided the name should reflect that. That's really cute. Well, one of the strangest things I learned this week was that if you like sour cream on your nachos, you really ought to thank the Mongols. And, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and maybe the Russians, too. So this is according to io9. The Mongols always had plenty of milk on hand, thanks to the horses they traveled with. But the only problem was that a large part of the population was lactose intolerant. So instead of drinking the fresh mare's milk, they'd I guess, let it ferment for a long time until all the bacteria had eaten away the lactose and replaced it with alcohol. And then they drank this, I guess, slightly alcoholic milk drink called kumis. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, when they brought this drink to Russia, the people really went crazy for it. Only they kind of tweaked the process a little. Like they used milk from cows rather than horses. And they also allowed the milk to thicken much longer, which kept it from turning alcoholic. And what they ended up with was this smooth, somewhat sour tasting cream, which is basically the same stuff we heap on our nachos today. Wow. I didn't believe that you were actually going to be able to connect that to the Mongols, but I, I think <laughs> you successfully did. All right, well, before we get too deep into the toppings, I feel like we should really talk about the man behind the dish that we know as nachos, somebody that we all owe so much to, really, if you think about it. His name was Ignacio Anaya, or as his friends called him, just Nacho. Hmm. Now, according to the story, nachos were born in a Mexican border town back in 1943, and Ignacio wasn't actually a chef, but more of a maitre d' at a restaurant that was called the Victor Club. Now, one night during World War II, Anaya was closing up the restaurant when a dozen women just showed up and they were desperate for a late night meal. Now, these were the wives of U.S. soldiers who'd been stationed just across the border in Eagle Pass, Texas. Of course, Anaya didn't want to turn them away, but he also knew the kitchen was low on food and that the chef had already left for the night. So Anaya goes back to the kitchen and tries to see what he can pull together. And of course, what he comes up with is the very first plate of nachos, which of course was tortilla chips topped with shredded cheese, jalapenos, and then he baked them all in the oven. 
Now, the dish was a huge hit with the army wives, and when they asked their server what it's called, he said, nachos especiales, which, of course, was <laughs> later just shortened to nachos. And <laughs> the dish eventually became so popular that Anaya quit to open his own nacho-centric restaurant. I really, I, I have no idea if this thing still exists. Probably Why not, didn't this take off? Like, I feel I like nacho-centric restaurants should have gone everywhere. But uh, I would have I would have totally gone to one. I would still. <laughs> well, we've got two more facts to get to before we close this out, but let's take a quick break. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Welcome back to Part-Time Genius, where we're talking nachos. So here's a question I had. Are refried beans really fried twice? It feels like this age-old question, like why would beans need to be fried more than once? Well, it turns out the answer is that they don't. In fact, sometimes they aren't even fried once. They're just mashed and boiled instead, which brings up the follow-up, why all the confusion? 
And right. of course, you know, Gabe had the answer for us as always. It turns out the English name refried beans is really just a mistranslation of the Spanish name for the dish frijoles refritos. So frijoles is, of course, the Spanish word for beans, and frito is a Spanish adjective meaning fried or cooked. So the translation error really comes down to the prefix re. And in English, we put that prefix on things like retry or reschedule, things that are being done more than once. But in Spanish, I guess the prefix has a completely different meaning. It adds emphasis to an adjective. So refritos doesn't actually mean refried at all. It means well-fried or well-cooked. Oh, I did not know. That's a good one, Gabe. I'm glad he helped you out on that one. <laughs> all right, well, I don't think we should end this show without talking a little bit about how stadium nachos with that gooey cheese came to be. Uh-huh. And, you know, while nachos started growing more popular after their invention in the 1940s, you kind of needed an oven to melt the cheese. And so that meant the dish was really restricted to restaurants and cooking at home. And you didn't see them at fast food joints at that point or at movie theaters or ballparks. But that all changed thanks to a man named Frank Liberto. Now, Frank worked concessions at Arlington Stadium back in the 1970s. And this is back when it was home to the Texas Rangers. And his customers would often say how they wish they could have nachos at the game. And, of course, Frank knew that he couldn't install ovens or broilers just, you know, on this hunch that the dish would sell. So instead, he started working on this gooey liquid form of the cheese that could be quickly ladled over the chips. And it took a little time to get the secret recipe just right. But in 1976, concession nachos finally hit the stands. And I feel fortunate because that's just a few years before we were born. So we can say that for all of our lives, we've never had to go without the availability of nachos at a ballpark. That is a wonderful thing. It really is. I can't even imagine what life was like. You know, when you think back pre-electricity, pre nachos in the ballpark. It's just, (laughs) it's tough. But anyway, at first the operators wanted nothing to do with Frank's invention. So he had to build his own nacho carts to push through the stadium. But once they caught sight of these massive lines that routinely form behind the nacho carts, the cheesy chips became a stadium staple. You know, they even started out selling popcorn, which had been the former top seller, which it's weird because, I mean, I like popcorn at movie theaters, but for some yeah. reason, psychologically, like, I want nothing to do with popcorn <laughs> in the ballpark. You just want a cup of cheese. <laughs> I just want some cheese on some chips. But anyway, within the next few years, Frank's liquid cheese was being dished out with nachos at ballparks all over the country. Oh, what a hero. I, I really like that. So maybe you should take the trophy home for celebrating nacho cheese. You know, I I appreciate the thought there. I feel like the fact that you connected such a strange dish to the Mongols was really (laughs) impressive. I feel like just to honor how much cheese dip we ate in college, why don't we call this one a draw and go order ourselves some celebratory nachos? I like that. And we'll take Tristan with us. Well, that's it for today's show. If you've got a great nacho story or fact, be sure to share it with us on our socials. You know we're curious about it. And from Gabe, Tristan, Will, and me, thank you so much for listening.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.